0: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. One of my favorite recurring guests is Dr. Bob Arnott. We get him every month. Frankly, we could have him every week. He is one of my favorites. He brings so much to every conversation. He has a wealth of information. Uh, His background as both a journalist and as a medical doctor, New York Times bestselling author, uh CBS News and NBC News uh medical uh, editor uh, and I mean you bring so much to every conversation and really you were our primary uh contact person monitoring all things covid and the entire really the entire world was obviously obsessed with covid from a healthcare perspective but it seems like in the last several months some old issues, health-wise, have kind of showed up, shown up, and some really uh, extremely, uh, largely unheard of ones like tomato flu and monkeypox. It sounds very sci-fi, you know. The next thing you're going to hear is soylent green as people. I mean, it's a very weird time, health-wise. And so, I'd love for you to spend some time with us to talk a little bit about these uh, rarely heard of uh, conditions that have popped up, as well as some oldies we thought we had a handle on. And welcome.
1: Well, Kevin, it's always great to be on your show, World's Best Radio Host. It's such a pleasure and honor always. And just love how you, you, know, you keep all of your listeners there so up to date and ahead of the curve. Well, I appreciate that.
0: So, I kind of laid out some things here. Uh, you can jump in with wherever you want to start. These, these old diseases seem very new again. Why don't you start with that?
1: Well, you know, I think that there are a couple of really important points here. You know, first of all, the Centers for Disease Control has always said that, you know, Americans' security in terms of illness begins in Africa. And I have spent years out there, and, you know, from Zimbabwe to Sudan to Somalia, Kenya, Congo. Rwanda, you name it, and as you see Ebola creep up from time to time, you know that's just a failure of public health out there. You know it used to be contained deep, deep in the interior of the Congo, and then as it makes its way into bigger cities, and you have you know more of the encroachment on the environment there. You know I don't want to sound like an out of control environmentalist, but the fact is, as you you know strip oil land and you dig into the rainforest. There you encounter these various diseases and then there is that contact with humans and then you have these new diseases like loss of fever and Ebola. And as they say, you know, they're only a plane right away. But here's the interesting thing. With Ebola, because it's such a quickly fatal disease, people haven't been well enough to make the airplane flight here. But when it came to COVID, look at that last strain, Omicron. You know, the airlines always said, well, it's safe, safe, safe to travel. But... We saw in a couple of days Omicron come from a remote part of South Africa through Amsterdam. How did they get there? They didn't drive. They didn't swim. They took an airplane. And, you know, I have tested many of these airplane cabins. And the fact is, yeah, they've got decent ventilation, uh, but they can't really keep up with COVID and other diseases. So that's why you have this disbursement of disease, you know, out of Africa and the United States. No, that's not to blame Africa. You know, the South Africans have some of the most fabulous uh, virology and labs any place in the world, and were the ones who really sort of alerted us to Omicron. The other part of it, though, is, yeah. you know, the beginning of this pandemic, you know, love them or hate them, Tony Fauci, I think it was accurate that you have had a massive breakdown in terms of just public health in the United States. As you get to poorer communities, poorer states, more disadvantaged communities, you have, Public health it just just doesn't work. People can't get a doctor's appointment. The emergency rooms are overfilled. People are making their vaccinations, and then of course you bring in the politics, where we had you know all the anti-vaxxers off against Omicron, and you know what are they going to say now with monkeypox with the with the vaccine there and standard vaccines? You know polio completely gone away, and now you have the the polio anti-vaxxers. I was around when polio was here back in the fifties. And I remember we could not wait for the second that we got that vaccine. Our parents were just terrified as they saw one kid after the other go on to an iron lung or become paralyzed. And So it really was sort of our salvation. And as I said for the beginning, you know, these, these new vaccines are amazing. I mean, the technology behind them, they're just the best vaccines ever. I think one of the mistakes is calling it a vaccine, right? Because really was it's an instruction set that instructs your body to... Defend itself, so we probably should have called it something differently. And if we had the basic public health infrastructure here, if everybody had a family doctor and they could go to their offices, vaccinations would have been simple. I just think that, you know, both administrations made it very political. This one in particular, that it was part of an overall overwhelming political agenda that came, you know, roaring at them and they kind of ducked out of the way. So, you know, a lot of mistakes is made here. And I think the wonderful thing about your show is that it allows us to kind of clear the air and say, "Look it, you know here's what good public health is here's how to protect yourself. We don't have a left right agenda of any kind here's how you're to protect your family.
0: Yeah, you said something that made me laugh, even though it's not particularly funny. Maybe we shouldn't call it uh va- uh vaccination but instruct instruction now you realize, of course, that means there'll be anti instruction, <laughs> which really shouldn't surprise us at all. <laughs> <laughs> you understand well, what I'm saying? Such a, such a bizarre, polarized culture. Oh, no, we don't want the disease to know better. We don't want anyone to know better. I mean, that's uh, really how the anti vax crowd
1: is. Well, here's the interesting thing about the anti-vaxxers. You know, they're not just here. Big anti-vaxxer movement in Germany and South Africa. But if if you were an unknown and you suddenly wanted to get a really big social family uh, following, you want to raise a lot of money, become an anti-vaxxer. Bobby Kennedy, who I used to go on uh, you know, the speaking engagements with, is taking up this anti-vaxxer thing. He has stunning numbers of followers and raising all kinds of money. So it's more just a way to be able to get yourself up above the crowd, raise money, get some political followers there. I think if you call him something else, it would take a while to kind of figure it out and start saying, you know, <laughs> I'm an anti-DNA instruction set. So I, I think it'll work for about a, a year or two. might be pretty good.
0: No, I like that idea actually. I mean, that, and it would force them to be uh, honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, I kind of like, I, I like that idea. I think you're to something, Bob. Okay, so you said something like that, really, really interesting. That. To,
1: yeah, I was going to say one of these. So I was, my younger son who's 28. Uh, did a thing that I've never heard kids do. He says, "Dad, we've never taken a trip together. We got to take a trip." So I said, "Fine." So we went to England. Uh, which I love, you know. I love running, running around London, but you know they've done a couple of things I think better than we have. One is civility. We lost civility in the United States. There was a great New York Times article the other day just about how within households there's so much strain because people are on different sides of the political spectrum, and that's not what America was about. I think we should import like a million, you know, Brits to come over here and just teach us how to just be. Nice to each other again. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you know, it's like these aren't huge differences. Uh, and I think the other thing is, you know, what's interesting about it in England is it seems that they've really sort of gotten race right. You know, when you look at the new prime minister there, it wasn't like he was picked to try to be diverse.
0: He was just the best candidate,
1: and I love that. You yeah. know, the people come up in the system, the system's fair, and that you know that if you're of a particular. Uh, uh, you know minority you rise to the top you know like Obama did just because you're the best not because someone says oh we're gonna pick you so I just think that the two great lessons to learn And I think the big thing we gotta we gotta start a new you know very unexciting political party which was just the civil party we're just kind of nice to each other again so
0: yes, I think that's overdue I, I remember When I got involved in politics, and and I think I told you a little bit about my evolution, I was much, very hard, hardcore, hard right for many, many years, you know, and we, those in that wing, uh, you know, we weren't crazy. We were like Reagan hard right, which is very different from what we see now, as you well know. Uh, But, you know, we we would be offended by the fact that uh, uh, Bob Michael would go, you know, the, the, leader of the GOP, would go play golf with Tip O'Neill. We'd be offended know, the speaker, the liberal Speaker of the House. That's offensive. Really? Why is that offensive? You know, how do we collaborate? How do we all move towards getting things accomplished? And the thing that really frustrates me most, and I've learned uh, really since I, I stopped drinking the Kool-Aid many years ago, was that uh, there are so many things that both sides want that are the same, that for some reason, get lost in polarization. We don't even talk about the things we could agree on because we're so obsessed about having it done our way.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's a, a really good kind of take on that, Kevin. It follows that, you know, with so much stuff out there, I mean, so much news all over the place, it's hard for the average individual to kind of put it together, of us to put it together. So what has happened is people have a narrative. They have a a tale, like, a, like a, a nursery tale, right? Or like a, a fairy tale uh, except with, a, with an unhappy ending. But nonetheless, they have a narrative. And what's happened is if someone starts to say something and there's a word that is not in that narrative, there's kind of a buzzword, you're dismissed. Because people are comfortable within their narrative. And they seek their narrative out by, you know, Fox on the right, MSNBC on the left, whoever's still in the middle there. They seek that out and they just they can't kind of come to grips with hearing anything that isn't kind of within their little political wheelhouse. And I think that fractionation is incredibly dangerous because as you just pointed out, there are all kinds of wonderful ideas across the political spectrum. You know, one thing I love about some of the English newspapers is their ability to kind of go after anybody at any on any part of the political spectrum. You look at our big papers, you know, I mean, I, I love the New York Times for its global coverage, but I mean, it has a particular bent. It has to follow political agenda there. And it just colors all the news. I mean, you know, they can't kind of, they just, just have a hard time being able to just objectively look at anybody who's done a great thing or anybody who's, you know, really been evil and go after them. Uh, you know, and that's why I think that, you know, we have to wad those You know journalists like yourself who just can look at any part of the political spectrum and find good bad and ugly just it's we've got to be able to be free thinkers again you know it just just disturbs me because when i grew up i grew up in in massachusetts and man it was it competitive it was doggy dog i mean you fought for every great point you could there right and everybody prided themselves on being smart right and now i call it the entitlement of ignorance people pride themselves I'm not knowing what the complicated stuff is, you know, which is like yes. anathema to a lot of us.
0: By the way, something that, you know, I read the Times, too. I read the Washington Post. I've subscribed to both. Uh, I read Reason, which is very libertarian and, frankly, often the only reasonable thing out there. Uh, I, I read, of course, the Wall Street Journal. Kind of have to in my field. But my favorite thing to read, Dr. Bob, is the Associated Press. And the reason why, and they've got, they've got all the same stories as everyone else has in terms of quantity, uh, but the quality is off the chart. And the reason why, that, they, they sell their content to the most liberal website news sites, to the most conservative news sites, and everything in between. So the pressure on them to be as close to objective as possible is huge, not because they're philosophically committed to that, but because they have to take care of their customer base. It's just like Dragnet.
1: Just the facts, man. And it's so interesting. I love AP, but, you know, it seems really dull because they don't spit it. You know, It's just all right. straight up. But what I do is, yep. like, I'm looking at it right now. So I like Google News because I'll, I'll take a story as an example, right? And I'll look at full coverage and look at, we're not dumb. We all look at it and we go, okay, I'm looking at The Guardian. That kind of can be all over the place. Wall Street Journal, the right, you know, The Independent, hey, a little bit less. So you know what they are. And I look and I see what everybody says about the story. So here's a story about midterm elections. We have the, the New York Times, Fox Salon, the Indian press, uh, Washington Post, MSNBC, The Times and London, Globe and Mail. It's fun to kind of see what people do with it. And if, as you point out, you know the basic story from AP, then you can go and just see how out of control people have spun it. I mean, by the way, how had you like the, the other day with the, the contest between uh, Trump and, and his new name for his his uh, opponent there, the Sanctimonious. <laughs> that was so hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, God, I'm
0: not ready for this. I'm not ready for him again. I, I, I never will be. I You know, he, he, as much as anyone, moved me to what I like to think is a more reasonable position. I was well on my way uh, from uh, that hard right view before Trump came along, but he was kind of like, man, he's almost like an intellectual enema. <laughs> you know, you get someone like that coming through your brain, you know, you're either going to drink the Kool-Aid entirely or you're gonna have a rude awakening? And I think the
1: latter that you know, just what is, the is, is, is that is that uh what I'll say with Sanctus is he's he's really clever. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm I I'm uh, you know, supporting him, uh, but I mean what he did with uh, Disney as an example, what we did with those airplane flights. I mean it's it's hilarious if you're not on the receiving end of it. And it's very clever. You know, I think, he's, I think he's much more clever than Trump is. Trump's just a little kind of bumbles along and stumbles into views and whatnot and, you know, gets a big following. But I think that, uh, you know, this is a little bit more disciplined and he's very clever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Trump is crazy like a fox. And so he's he's uh, moving people and uh, they don't even know they're being moved. And I think a lot of it isn't by design but by accident. Kind of like he gets lucky, you know. At least that's how it comes across. Uh, Desantis, yeah, you're right on him. I mean, he is in, in many respects more dangerous than Trump, and he's doing the smartest thing you can do. Have you heard him go back on Trump about the about his new nickname Trump gave him? I haven't heard a word. No, John, what did he say? He What what do you say? Nothing. He hasn't said a thing, which is the smartest thing to do.
1: But I mean, I think the left is played. It played into Sankt's hands. I mean, you know, because the trouble, I tell everybody, look at, you know, the the right is uh, dangerous and sometimes sometimes stupid, and the left is evil, you know, the the far left. I mean, it's just a whole agenda. It's just bewildering. It's incredible. you know, it's a time, yeah, I really
0: believe I live in a dystopia, and both of my options are a disaster. I'm like, really, this is what you've got. Both sides, it's like it's like a dystopia, uh, you know, and both of them are really uh, undermining uh, basic ideas around free speech. You know, they're both hostile to free speech. You know, I bet you get on the same page of which free, which speech they want to eliminate. You know, everyone's free speech would be in danger. Fortunately, they can't. The right likes certain items to be attacked. The left likes other items to be attacked. All of this is really, uh, you know, talk about undemocratic. It's so all measured by how many people are willing to vote. I put how how free we are to actually speak. That's pretty
1: high too. But you know, what's interesting to me, Kevin, is that. With all this political turmoil going on, you have to take a step back and say, hey, that's their business. They're in the political business. And what do they do? They stir it up. You have to stand back and say, you know, the same day that all this stuff is going on, somebody is a day closer to going to the moon. Someone's a day closer to going to Mars. You know, we've got more high Mars systems in Ukraine. We mow harm missiles in Ukraine. Cranes are making more of advanced there. There's so much positive stuff going on in the world. Medicine, sure science, and... You know and even the united states you know sort of was a great article the other day about how you know reestablishing our manufacturing base here i always thought it was a huge mistake to be taking you know five six of the products that are sold to some of the big stores like walmart and buying from china because we're basically supporting our own demise right i mean why not develop the manufacturing expertise here and uh you know manfa- manufacture our own stuff i mean i'm not Anti globalism. I'm delighted that we're doing trade, obviously, with Malaysia and Vietnam and many other of the, you know, Asian miracles out there. But, you know, why not reestablish our own manufacturing base and expertise right here? So, look, I think, you know, Kevin, I always love being on with you because, you know, you're hopeful, you're optimistic, as I am. I right? think the message to people is that, look, at, it's a great day. Go on, have a great day. Just realize the politicians are stirring stuff up and, you know, uh, ignore what they're saying and, Figure out, you know, what your stand is and, uh, you know, discuss it in an equitable and friendly way with your neighbors. And and just remember the new Dr. Bob Kevin slogan, which is, be civil, (laughs) right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, Don't take ourselves too seriously and uh, acknowledge what we don't know. Uh, yeah, you, you, you nailed it earlier. We have become into into conversational minefields. Well, I'm literally trying to have a nice conversation with someone, and I'm in my mind, can I say this? Can I say this? It didn't used to be that way. And we used to be okay if someone didn't agree with us on everything. They weren't evil. They didn't have horns under their hair and like their, you know, the, or their hat or whatever they're wearing. That's all changed. We went way over we're always I'm always tempted to do that because you are one of my favorites. That was Dr. Bob Arnott, one of my favorites. By the way, you can learn more about him over there at PriceofBusiness.com. Where we'll have a link, uh, you know, not only to this interview, but other information regarding him. We always love having him on the show. I'm Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.